You're listening to the See the Unseen Podcast, where our number one focus is creating a little visibility for people who deserve a whole lot of spotlight. I'm your host, Melissa Georgioff, and I'm here to share some amazing stories that can transform and inspire lives. So get ready to take those blinders off and see the unseen. And welcome to the podcast. Her singing telegrams have gone viral on TikTok. She's been on America's Got Talent and she sings and plays the piano and she's going to sing for us today. She is Joy Brooker and I'm so excited to have her on the podcast today. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. I got a fan. Ooh, ooh. That today's gonna be a good day. Cause today I'm on a podcast. Yeah. And today's gonna be a good, good day. Thank you so much for having me, Melissa. <laughs> well, thanks for being here, Joy. You're welcome. Quite an entrance. <laughs> Quite an entrance. <laughs> welcome to the podcast, Joy. She's gonna take her costume We're off. We're gonna get real here, folks. Uh, yeah. Me, this is me finally sans costume so <laughs> so happy to be here she came all the way from cape Girardeau, missouri so thanks for being on the podcast joy i am so thrilled to be here you've been so hospitable and amazing and this is just really great <laughs> i really love what you're doing thank you so much so um Let's let's just get into it. Yeah. So you are literally like about two and a half hours away from me, right? I am. Yeah. Yeah. So um, tell me how this all got started. Oh man. So it started four years ago. Okay. And I it was it was actually pre-pandemic. So it was like 2019 or 2018, I'm sorry. And I just got the idea one Valentine's Day. I just thought it would be funny. That's where most most crazy things start for me is just a very tiny idea I had sitting on the couch. And so that day I was like, you know, it'd be really funny because I needed extra money, you know? And I was like, I should do singing telegrams for Valentine's Day and I should dress up as Cupid and I should go and like crash people's workplaces and just embarrass their significant others. And so I did. And I live in a relatively small river town. I don't know if you've ever been to Cape, but it's it's a really cool place. It's kind of like a mini Chattanooga, Tennessee. So <laughs> I went live on Facebook and people were sharing the lives. And so they were able to watch me pranking people in real time. And it created such a buzz in the community that people were like, can you do this again next year? Because it was just so funny. And so I did it the next year. And then the year after that, I was like, well, since I was Cupid last year, I'm going to be a heart this year. Yeah. So I went on Amazon and I just looked up heart costumes and I pulled up this, <laughs> this guy in an anatomically correct heart costume. And for some reason, it tickled me so much. I was like, you know what? That's the heart costume I'm going to go with for Valentine's. Let's, let's do it. So I got it. And um, and then I, I decided, because people had been asking me to start TikTok. And I was like, you know, that that's an app for kids. I don't really want to be born to that. And I posted my videos, a couple of them on TikTok and they did pretty well. One got like 5.6 million views. The other one got like 2 million. So I was like, okay, maybe people outside of the community enjoy these telegrams. Maybe it's not just a local thing. Yeah. And so, you know, 
as as they picked up in popularity on TikTok and I got like 50,000 followers and then I got a job in marketing and I I continued to to do them. And then out of nowhere, just like another delivery day back in January of this year, I posted one of them on TikTok and before I knew it, in an hour it had a million views and then in 24 hours it had 10 million views and then it had 50 million and I put them on uh, Facebook and Instagram as well. And it was the same thing, just like, you know, 10 million, 12 million. Fit. And so what, so, hold on a second. What mm-hmm. was going through your mind when like you're probably just like doing TikToks uh-huh. here and there and everything. But then you start seeing this like go up and up and up. Like, what were you thinking? I was thinking, do you people have no taste? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I on. was. No, really. I was like, this is incredible to me because I had been doing them for four years at this point. And so to me, it was just like another day at work. It was just another telegram. Yeah. And there's even a part of me that there are some of them where I'm like, this is stupid. I shouldn't post this. And other people will tell you that as well. Like the creators say this video is so dumb. That's the one that lands. (laughs) The one that gets viral. So I, to be honest, it was just shock. It was, it was sheer shock because I was on my lunch break at work when I posted it. So I was sitting at my computer, you know, do, doing marketing stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just look at my phone and I'm like, and I just, I had this feeling. I was like, my life's about to change. About really? To change. Yeah. I just knew. I you was knew like, then. I knew because, because you don't, you don't get that many views that quickly without consequences. Right. <laughs> positive ones, you know, hopefully. Um, so yeah, that was just, it was just kind of shock and, and just preparing myself. I was like, yep. Yep, it's happening. It's happening. And then I got a call from Good Morning America. And what? then I got a call. Yeah, so they, they got in contact with me. And then America's Got Talent got in contact with me. And so I was just like, this is unbelievable. This is from one video. One and video one goes viral video. on TikTok. And that is that is the, the thing nowadays. Yeah. It's like you can just be doing your thing, grinding normally, doing your job. And then one piece of content you post can completely change your life. Let's talk about that. How mm-hmm. has it changed your life? Is it been, you know, because everyone kind of thinks like, mm-hmm. how cool would it be to be, um, you know, to go viral right. and to be famous? Mm-hmm. Because you are famous now. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, what is that like, though? Because I'm, I'm sure it comes with all kinds of different things. To be perfectly honest with you, there's a part of my brain that's like, I'm not famous because... In my mind, famous is like like Drake, like Adele. That's it's on that level. And I've always had I've always been a very like forward moving momentum person. I don't really focus on my accomplishments. I focus on the next thing. So because if I were ever like get comfortable and be like, yeah, I've made it, I'm not gonna actually make it, you know, because I'm gonna sit back and be like, I don't have to work that hard. Like <laughs> I'm good. And I never, I never want to get to that point where I'm ever like content with where I'm at. So no, like there's a, I don't, I don't actually think that I'm famous or that like I'm even on that level remotely because there's still so much further I have to go and there's still so much more I want to do. So I have like, for me in my brain, I barely even tapped the surface. But tell me that you took a moment to be like, this is pretty cool. I did. Okay. I did. And I think that moment for me was when I was backstage at AGT, when I was holding the balloons and when I was getting ready to walk through those doors and, and people had their headsets on and they were like, okay, marker, action. And I was like, I've wanted to hear those words all my life. I've wanted to hear action and be the one behind the camera. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been wanting this 
forever and it's here and it's like pin pinch me <laughs> Are you well serious? let's let's rewind so <laughs> how did america's got talent come into play because you you got a call from them right <laughs> yes. after this video was posted uh on tiktok and it went viral <laughs> and so how did that even come come to play so i mean they have casting producers um that will browse apps you know and they're on instagram and a lot of times they're my age you know mm -hmm. and so they're just basically looking for new talent looking for people they want to ask them to audition i still had to go through like the audition process they're like you know we this is our idea that we have but we want to clear it you know and we want to make sure that this is going to be good for the show so they reached out to me and they said um we saw your video on tiktok and uh, we have this You're idea. You're like, which one? <laughs> I mean, which one? <laughs> yeah, there's so many. Right. They, I think it was the Craig one, actually. The okay, because that, that is literally like. my favorite <laughs> yeah. one. We're going to talk about that, too. But keep going on this. So, yeah, they emailed me, and they're like, we want to pull a prank on Simon. And they were like, uh, we have a song in mind, and we want you to send in a couple of different audition tapes just so we can kind of see how it'll go. So I got. I got a mannequin head that looked like Simon and then a fake like a balloon and then a chair and I set him up to look like the judges and I I mimicked the entire audition like movement for movement and I sent it into them whoops and then I got a call from their producer and he was like and I remember the day I was at work and he called my phone and I put I went to a closet and he said the producers loved it we want you to come we're gonna fly you out and I just remember, like, <laughs> you know, being in that closet, like, this is happening. Is this for real? And then I got stuck in the closet, and my boss had to come and get me out of the closet. <laughs> for but, real. Yes, but it was, that's how it all went down. It's it's that one video. And and that's what, I don't, I don't think I grasped it at the time that I posted it. Because it's like, you, you understand that it's visible. Mm -hmm. You understand that everyone can see it. But what doesn't go through your mind is exactly the types of people who see it. There's casting producers. There's, you know, potential bosses. You, you know, like right. people who host podcasts. There's a lot of different people that you are visible to. Right. And it just doesn't compute all of the possibilities that are there. And right. from this have come other possibilities. It's like a snowball, yeah. you know, or ripple effect. Do you sometimes think, because I've been starting to do this, like with mm -hmm. my podcast, at first I was so nervous to like just throw something out there. Like I didn't even want to click the button like on social media. Yeah. But the more you do it, it's like, you know what, Who who's even watching these things? Like, because then you're like, get I almost like get a little too comfortable. I'm starting to because right. I'm like, you know what? Probably nobody's going to watch this like hour and a half. So then I don't even really care. But then you're like, it's out there. Mm -hmm. You know, do you were you doing that on your videos where you were like, I'm just going to make them as crazy yes. as I want. And who knows if anyone's even watching. And then someone's like the yes. whole country's watching yes. this Craig video, mm -hmm. too. Is but that what you that's like? Exactly that what what happens? <laughs> because it's true. And I almost think that's kind of man not mandatory but i think it's an ideal situation for a creator to be in when they assume no one's watching because yeah. it's like because you can forget like we put these headphones on and then all of a sudden i'm talking to you, you and, me. and right. right then it's like i forget that like i'm gonna post this because, and anyone can see it yeah but if you if you think everyone's watching me right now then that anxiety is going to get to your head and right. it's going to impact what you say yeah. and it's going to impact your comfortability on camera right so it's better but there's a balance to it because if we if we're like too you know, unhinged, right. and that's 
but I think it's it's a it's a great balance between being aware enough so that you carry yourself well, mm -hmm. but also realizing, you know, it. What is it? I think people like we were talking about earlier. People crave authenticity. Mm -hmm. So the the less you care on camera, it's actually more appealing. Right. Because mm -hmm. I think people are getting sick of this whole social media, like where the pictures are perfect. Oh, yeah. There's Photoshop and, and you mm -hmm. know, you only see the good reels every day. You don't see people really struggling. Right. And that's why too, I don't edit my podcast mm -hmm. because I feel like I am kind of a type A um, perfectionist. Yeah. And so for me, it's like a challenge to like stop with the like having everything have to be perfect. I'm probably going to say something pretty stupid on this podcast. <laughs> Too. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm probably not going to edit it. So, um, That's great, though. Yeah. But anyway, we kind of got off topic. So let's go back to this. Like, you've got the mannequins out. Mm -hmm. You've got this call from America's Got Talent. You're going to be on. They want you on. Mm -hmm. Are you, like, are you rehearsing a lot and you're trying to get it all perfect? Kind of. Like, there was, when they told me what I would be singing, I remember the day. They I was, told you what to sing? They told me what to Yeah, they okay. told me because um, he put together uh, the band One Direction, or he, he had a hand in helping them become a group. Mm -hmm. um, so they wanted me to do What Makes You Beautiful, which is a One, One Direction song. So I remember being in my kitchen with a chair, my kitchen chair pulled out, pretending that Simon was sitting there, and just dancing around my kitchen, like singing to this chair preparing and in my head the whole time I'm thinking like this is crazy you know I'm, I'm serenading my kitchen chair pretending it's Simon Cowell because it's going to be Simon Cowell yeah and I've been watching this man since I was 16 years old I've been watching him make people cry since I could remember yeah he can be really tough he so can. were you kind of nervous about that I was I was but like at the same time um and I think when you receive opportunities like this I I think it's it it's good to be grateful for what publicity you you do get. I understood that they had freedom with my image and that they had freedom with the editing and they could make me look however they wanted. But I, there was something in me that was like, you know, I don't really care because this, what if, right. I don't want to like, I don't want to say like, what if I, you know, and, and I know there were other people that they had reached out to who declined. I was like, I, I just want to, I want to roll with it. You know, I want to see what happens. And so I was afraid <laughs> of him being harsh with me. But I was pleasantly surprised. And I had a, I had a small feeling that it was going to be better than I anticipated. And it was. It mm -hmm. was significantly better than I anticipated. And he was extremely, um, just like I said, kind. And he really enjoyed the performance. Well, I've got a picture of him and this performance, too. So here's his face after you sang. <laughs> Um, which, uh, you probably can't see it right the second, but it's like his eyes are bugged out. You've got it on your, uh, Facebook yeah, page. Yeah. Um, and then here you are on the show too. You brought balloons and you were singing to him. And I think I remember him saying something like that was the best audition ever. He did. Well, he said, yeah. um, cause Sophia Vergara was translating for him because he had laryngitis. And so he said, that's the best audition this season so far that I've seen on this stage, which to me, I was like what like you know how did that make you feel i i didn't believe him <laughs> i was like are you hopped up on gold meds or something right now like what are you crazy and then and then i was like you know what nope he's being genuine because like uh, after i left he kind of there were other people who came on who didn't do that great and he was like he was tough he, on he was him. tough on him yeah so i was like you know okay i'm just gonna take his compliment because i'm a lot like you and then i'm a, i'm a perfectionist and there, it's almost like you have to compliment me several times over before I actually start to believe it. Mm. So, because I don't know, there's just a part of me that 
I shove off compliments because I, I never want to get too comfortable. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Where does that come from? I think uh, probably, you know, not feeling like I, I think being raised in a religious household where you have to, you're under a lot of pressure to put forth a, a pious image and to be a reflection of, of literal holy perfection. Like you have to constantly be put together and and appear as if you have it all together you have to do everything that was the expe right. expectation for yes. from your house excellence excellence was the bare minimum in my house Ooh. excellence was the bare minimum nothing wow. short of that so that taught me just to have an extremely high standard for myself and unfortunately sometimes like that filters into other people so it took me years to 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 kind of let go of that and just to have grace and not be so black and white mm -hmm. and and just like you know it's either good or bad and a lot of times when you grow up in a in a really religious microcosm your brain can put things in boxes and it's good bad evil you know mm -hmm. not evil right. and so for me my performance was either good or bad it was either excellent or it was worthless you know, yeah, and people yeah. think about that too. Like mm -hmm. when you're you're talking about you know religion and everything, and it seems like you know people believe that about church too. It's like mm -hmm. you have to have it all together. You have to be right. living this perfect holy life in order right. to go to church. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes church gets a bad rap. I really yeah. do. And I think that there are a lot of people who are you know judgmental. Not in our church, but yeah. um, I'm talking about other churches right, right. now. But um, I do think that you know. Luckily for me, I feel like, you know, I like our little church because it's small, mm -hmm. it's intimate, mm -hmm. um, it's not all perfect. You oh, can yeah. wear jeans, you can wear shorts if you wanted to, mm -hmm. um, and you show up your authentic self, mm -hmm. and you show up as a center, you show up that you don't have it all together, and you're and there's a lot of other people there. And at first, like, I remember meeting this lady that actually kind of did some bad things, and mm -hmm. she shared it with the church. I'm like, why is she doing that? Why is yeah. she sharing this with everyone? But I think it's just a place where, you know, you should be coming to be closer to God and that knowing right. that we're all sinners right. and things aren't perfect, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's how we're all just trying to get better. And we're all trying to have a, you know, be a better Christian and be mm -hmm. a better person. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I, I think it's sad that, you know, that's kind of like the house you kind of grew up in because yeah. it was like really strict. Mm -hmm. Right. And Absolutely. churches, I just thought of that, you know, I'm just like yeah. churches are really strict too, can yeah. be really strict too, instead of just being loving and saying, Hey, come show up as your, show up as your you messy self and, and let God kind of take over your life. Oh, and, yeah. and amazing things will happen. So my brother is a, is a pastor actually out of Nashville and his church is a lot like that. They're very much like come as you are, you know, mm -hmm. and they do a lot of like community outreach and a lot of really positive things for the community. So I'm, I'm kind of at a stage in my, in my personal like spiritual journey where it's like, I, I consider myself a Christ follower and a mm -hmm. lover of Christ and his teachings. And I strive to teach people the way Christ taught people, mm -hmm. your, you know, the way Christ treated people. So, you know, I think there's a lot of people similar to me who are trying to separate the people that hurt them mm -hmm. and the churches that hurt them from the man himself, you know, and, right. and the idea of, of God as, as a being who is loving and forgiving and accepting. And I think, unfortunately, what's taught in a lot of really super uh, unhealthy religious circles is this idea of you are awful, God hates you, 
and and you are uh well obviously we do need god in in terms of like we need to be connected to to a higher power i i, I fully believe that in order just to keep us as grounded and and to be a vessel for love and um but there's a lot of people i think who take that a little bit too far and they take this whole fire and brimstone mm-hmm. method of faith which is you're a sinner you're horrible mm-hmm. and that's the fear like the, the real fear, fear of god right and god is a loving god and, yeah. and it, it i know it's hard because there is the fear of God too. There's mm-hmm. the wrath of God. I mean, if you mm-hmm. really read the Bible, yeah. Um, but it's also like knowing that you know, if something's negative, it's not mm-hmm. coming from God. It, that's mm-hmm. that's coming from a whole different place. Right. That right. you know, God is loving, and he, he, you know, he wants to. He wants us to come to Him mm-hmm. for all things, for healing, and all of the you know, and to pray about all the things that are you mm-hmm. know, whether it be anxiety, depression, yeah, you know, any of that stuff that He wants us to you know come to Him for all things, and oh, there yeah. is healing through through that and I through prayer that too do you yeah. have you ever read near christianity i see as i have not um there's he it's an amazing book and it really changed it shifted a lot of my perspective on on christianity in general but something that he talks about in the book is how um god grants his free will because that is the highest expression of love oh my gosh we cannot get into a free will conversation <laughs> right now <laughs> Joy, we've got to like start talking I'm about sorry. something else because, yeah, my mom and I used to get in this whole conversation about free will. It just mm-hmm. like totally messes me up because yeah. I'm like, yeah, God does give us the free will. Mm-hmm. And if we choose to like get off on this other path and not follow him, it mm-hmm. can lead into a, a whole terrible world, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, mm-hmm. But then it's like, okay, but what about that? He says that he knows the number of hairs on our head and right. he knows what our life's going to turn right. out like, well, if that's true, then how do we have free will? Yeah. So anyway, not to get into a whole religious discussion it's so here, but it's so it's so beautifully paradoxical. And I think keeping your mind open to the different paradoxes that are within Christian, like, cause people get so, you know, they take it so literally like, you know, what do you mean three and one? Like, what do you mean? Right. It's like it's father, son, Holy yeah, Spirit. It's, yeah. It's a difficult thing to, to wrap your brain around, but I think um, not having all the answers and being able to kind of entertain these like beautiful complexities, like the idea of having free will, but also there being like a God-given path for your life. That's such right. a weird, that's like a paradox, right? right. Like it's just something- he wants you to follow yeah. him. He wants mm-hmm. you to look to him for the answers instead mm-hmm. of looking within yourself. Right. And so that's where it kind of, and I've tricked myself up plenty of times where mm-hmm. I'm like, I know how to do this, or I know what I want to do mm-hmm. or where I'm going to go. And then, or when you do mess up and you head down this other path and it wasn't what, God's what mm-hmm. wasn't God's best for you, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But anyway, let's go. Let's start talking about um, something else. I know about that too, because like so much of and and this just is a little aside. So much of what has happened to me, I feel like has really I didn't push for it. It I I came to a point where I was like, you know what? I'm open to receiving. I'm open to receiving like whatever you have for me, and so. Now, was this before like your TikTok video blew up? Yes, this was like a week before it happened. I I had I had just kind of this moment spiritually where I was like, you know what? I'm not going to to be so afraid anymore. I'm going to welcome this because I feel like there's been I don't know, like, yeah, an anointing, you know, and I feel like there's there's been kind of a calling in my life. I felt that since I was a child. And so, and for a while I denied it because I was like, I'm, I'm not good enough. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't really, I just you don't feel worthy. You are so good. First of all, I just, <laughs> I have to even, I'm going to stop you right there because like for you to even just say that you're not good enough, um, for the listeners out there, she literally played on my baby grand piano. She was like, oh, do you mind if I play a little something? And then you just like took over the piano. You're like belting out these songs. Um, my son Braden was like, 
she literally has like the best voice I've ever heard. Like she's amazing. Like, why isn't she in Nashville? But it was amazing. Okay. So I, I'm going to post some of those, I I think videos or something, and we're going to get to hear her sing today because you are incredibly talented. I mean, and so, I mean, I think it's so fun that you've got this like fun, creative side. Okay. And then you also have this really great career that you're pursuing where you are a serious, you know, singer and performer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's, okay. So I want to stay on the fun stuff right now. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think it's amazing that you prayed about this and then like a week later, your video goes viral and yeah. that's a God thing. Absolutely. That's a divine. Yeah. That's a divine interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. This is what um, you, this is uh, Joy in her heart costume, which I love that it's not just like a, a heart, okay? Yeah. It's like the ventricle type heart. All of the real stuff, baby. Yeah. Keep it real. I love that you're keeping it real. Mm-hmm. And then you also have this like Christmas. This is you in a Christmas costume. Yeah. Um, what, where did, the, how did that start this Christmas? I was like, how can I capitalize on these for the holidays? Um, no, but I, I did. I was like, you know what? I, I'm i going to try out Christmas grams and see if like anybody wants one. That's a good idea. And so, yeah, I was because it's like, why not try it? You know, and that's been the fun part about doing these is it's made me a little more bold as far as like trying new things and a little less rigid. It's like, no, that's not going to work because it's like there's two videos I put out now that I thought were stupid that went viral. So right. I'm going to just do stuff. And so yeah. I did. I bought a Christmas tree costume and I was like, I'm going to advertise these and see if anybody wants Christmas grams. And believe it or not, a lot of people did. So how many Christmas grams did you do last oh year? Gosh, like 20, 25. Like it, it wasn't, wow. it was before going viral. So it was like, that was a lot for the little amount of exposure I had at the time. But yeah, I was doing a lot of like for, for bosses and for teachers mm-hmm. and, and things like that. And, and I, I crashed a lot of Christmas parties. That would be fun. It too. was really fun. Yeah. yeah. Do you hang out and kind of yeah. chat with people? And There are times like when I when I do hang out, but if I have like another thing to go to right after, I'm like, I'm sorry. Dip. But yeah, people are like, you want to do a kickstand? Like you want to yeah. like, and I'm like, you know, I can get down, but another time. <laughs> um, so yeah, there are times I hang out, but uh, it's, it, it's really fun to do holiday themed ones. I think it keeps it fresh and it keeps people like on their toes, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you also did this one and here's a picture of you uh, on the 4th of July. You have this, <laughs> is that Ben Franklin? Is it that... is. Okay. So ben you, Franklin. you have, and I loved that one because you went up and, and you guys all have to check these videos out. They're on TikTok. They're on probably YouTube. <laughs> they're everywhere. Instagram, um, Facebook. So, um, check out her videos because she goes up into this like Fourth of July party, <laughs> and you start singing Toby Keith. Um, what is, what's the name of the song? Uh, uh courtesy of the Red yes, Light Blue. <laughs> yes, and so Toby Keith needs to totally meet you for sure. Like, oh my god, that should totally. I would be honored to meet the Toby Keith himself. Yeah, man, because this was like you really got into character on <laughs> yeah. this one, didn't you? Yeah, I have the costume in my car. I just, I don't know. It's again, it was like the the seasonal stuff. And I just, I was like, you know, what would be funny? And I was sitting on my couch, it's my yeah. idea couch. And so I was like, I'm going to dress like Ben Franklin and sing Toby Keith and then shotgun a bush light afterwards. And that's exactly <laughs> what I did. So it's like, what's more American than yeah. a founding father shotgunning a beer? Yeah. Nothing. And I love that song. Like I play it every 4th of July on song. the boat. Yeah. It's a good song. Oh yeah. my gosh. That's yeah. Cute. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, here comes all of our patriotic 
before the July songs on the boat, but I played my Toby Keith. Toby yeah. Keith, the best. Or yeah. I'm proud to be an American. I did that one too. Yeah. A lot of people. Really I love, like that. Oh, Andy really doesn't like that song. And I love that. I mean, and he was song. in the service. Yeah. Lee what? Greenwood. Man. Yeah. That's a that's like the best song that is ever. A great, that's a right. tearjerker. Yeah, and he's like he doesn't even like to hear that song. Are you serious? Yeah, it's crazy. It's like not even American. And it's not a real American. Just kidding. I didn't mean that. Yeah, that's he did joke. fight for our country yeah, though. He did. Yeah. So yeah. clearly he can yeah. he can dislike that song if he wants. Yeah. Right. You know, he kind of fought right. for that right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we should let Lee yeah. really hate his own music. Yeah. So this <laughs> the other costume that you have here too is this banana. Where did the banana come from? It was just me, again, on my idea couch being like, I need more costumes. Hmm. I think I'll get a banana. So I did. I added a banana and another person. Is this on Amazon too? Are mm -hmm. these like Halloween costumes that you find? I or? just Google costume. Like I Google okay. just like banana costume or what, you know, Ben Franklin costume, whatever kind of pops in my mind. And because Google and the internet is a lovely place. There's a lot of options, more mm -hmm. so than I thought. I was like, wow, they really do have a costume for that. It's crazy. Right. Um, yeah, but <laughs> I just, I thought I need to expand my wardrobe a little bit. And I have had fans buy me costumes. I had someone really? buy me, yeah. They send them to your house? Do, well, I need to get a P.O. box. Yeah, you do need a P.O. box, <laughs> I, I think. I gave one person my address and I was like, mm, I think I need to get a P.O. box. But um, yeah, so they, they can send costumes in if they want to. And then I had my favorite one. I had was it was for one person because um she was she hates Kid Rock and Cheryl Crow that one song that yeah but you picture so her I have a friend that hates that song too yeah a lot of people do and yeah. that's like my go-to karaoke song yeah. with my friends so I <laughs> I made this costume just for her telegram I saw which that was one. the combo kit I yeah just half like Kid Rock and half <laughs> like Cheryl Crow and then I stood in front of her and just switched sides but yeah. based on like whatever part i was singing and i thought she was going to go into labor early because she was and she was like and she was so mad at her co-workers she was like y'all know i hate that song i'm gonna kill y'all <laughs> i will never forgive you for this but it was so funny it was that hilarious, was hilarious that yeah. you got you listeners need to check out that video I it was I'm gonna make that like a yeah. part of my regular routine and then i'm also adding um a rickroll costume i don't have you heard of rick What's rickroll no it is an internet phenomenon that happened a few years ago where people will send you a link to something like, oh my gosh, can you believe that? And then they send you a link and you think it's some crazy like news video. And it's just um, a music video of Rick Astley's song, Never Gonna Give You Up. And it's just because it's such a campy video. He's like yeah. in a turtleneck and a trench coat, just like dancing in front of a bridge, you know? <laughs> and so it's called getting Rickrolled where people will send you a link to something else. And it's just that music video. So it, hmm. it was so popular like a few years ago. And so, um, I got the idea to dress like Rick Astley and come in and with a little turtleneck and a wig and just saying, never going to give you up, never going <laughs> to let you down. I haven't had anyone take me up on that yet, but you know, I have faith. Well, maybe somebody maybe here that's watching will. this one I will be so. calling you. I hope so. Let's talk about that Craig one. Cause this is my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Like you literally, okay. So my sister sends me this video and she, and I literally was crying laughing. Okay. And, Cause I, you know, I'm in the corporate world, uh -huh. so I can imagine being in a board meeting or like a you know mm -hmm. a meeting just any kind of like professional meeting mm -hmm. and this guy looked like he was and then his <laughs> wife hired you to come in on his 50th birthday mm -hmm. Craig and you were like intense that day I feel like you were like I was you were super over the top I was because yeah. I had had three cups of cold brew before that on an empty stomach <laughs> 
And I was like, I was having a bad day at work or something. I don't remember, but I was like, yeah, I was just really like, you know, just screw it that day. I'm going to go for it. And what's funny is I didn't know that many people would be in there. She, I thought that it was just going to be like me and Craig in his like cubicle. Mm -hmm. He has, he's in a cubicle usually. Or I thought he was going to be like in a cubicle because I was going to like an office space. I I was like, okay. And I get there and it's a board meeting right. with like a long table and his wife is there, camera ready. And she's like, go on, go on. I'm like, okay. And so I get there and I was like, you know, I can either shrink back and like, or I can just go, go all in. And I went ham and yeah, it paid you off. Did. Because yeah, there was a part of me that was like bristling a little. I was like, there's a lot of people here. Like, oh my gosh. But I think the cold brew made me a little brave. And I was like, yeah, there's a lot of people here. <laughs> Let's go for it. Yeah. And so she was the one who had the idea to change the lyrics. And she told me, she was like, I want you to make fun of the fact that he's bald. So I said, that is brave. Are you sure? Yeah. And she was like, yeah, absolutely. And she said, I even want you to rub his head. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, okay, but if like something happens, it's kind of on you. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah. Like, like, can you please sign this release? <laughs> yes, I have a release right here just signed on this dotted line. And so, yeah, I went in and that's where I came up with the line, too sexy for your hair. That's why it's not there. Because she was like, you know, she told me to make fun of his uh, baldness. And then I went like that. <laughs> 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 it paid off because yeah. it was really funny, but it was just one of those things where I was like, I don't know, but I'm going to do it anyway. And I love that. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you just got to, you got to go for it. Sometimes it didn't go great, but that time it did. Yeah. And I just, you kind of read the room, you know, and, yeah. and she was already there and so was he. And then, and then they were laughing and cutting up and I was like, okay, the vibes are good. Like, that yeah. was I'm too sexy for 50. I'm um, too sexy to be 50. To You're be 50. feeling so Nifty. nifty. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what to rhyme with fifty. I was like, I like thrifty? it. Fifty. You know? Did you just think of that on the spot? Yeah. Most really? most of the time, like, because here's here's a cool thing. Um, if you parody a song, even if you like change a couple lyrics, it's protected under copyright, so you don't get in trouble for technically like covering an original song. So, um, a lot of times people will have me change a couple of the words. Like I have, I have done a lot of uh. Dolly Parton themed retirement telegrams, like mm-hmm. the song nine to five, but yeah. like about retirement. I saw that yeah. one too. How did that sing one of those? I work in nine to five. Um, every day you are perspiring. You work so, so hard. But today you are retiring. Thanks for all you did. You didn't get enough credit. And then, you know, but just little things like that where I'll be like in my car on the way to the gig, like, okay. So here's all I know. They're retiring and they've been working at the bank for 57 years. And how can I rhyme 57 years with tears for fears? Like what? And so I'll just be like thinking wow. of all this in my, like on the way. That all is going through mm-hmm. your mind. Yeah. But I, mean, I, I like it. Cause like my, my brain is like a ping pong table anyway, with like a million different. See, I say that about um, Andy. I think he has ADD <laughs> or something, but oh, like he's super creative, do. but he sings everything. Mm-hmm. Like he'll just, like if he's going to eat, he'll start singing. Oh, let's I sing about to myself. Eating. I have yeah. full conversations just with myself in the grocery store. And I realized yeah. the other day, like I was, I was in the produce aisle, just like, I wonder these apples look a little bruised. No, but I should probably. And then there's people like walking by me, like <laughs> this woman needs to be like, what is going on? And then I realized like, I can't talk to myself out loud in public anymore. Like I just look too weird or like, yeah, I'll, I'll just sing everything. Like I'll just, and then I have a, 
neighbors. I, I ran into my neighbor that lives next to me. I was out and he was just like, oh, we're neighbors. I was like, yeah, what's up? He's like, yeah, I hear you sing all the time. And I was like, I am so sorry. Like, please tell me if you can't sleep or it gets on your nerves. And he's just like, yeah, you're good. You're good. But that's the second neighbor who's told me like, oh yeah, I hear you singing all the time, like through the walls. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, but I think, I think if somebody had something bad to say, they would have knocked, or I hope they would have knocked on my door and been like, yeah. you know. But you're, so do you think your family thinks you're like the most fun considering your family is kind of straight laced, right? <laughs> well, some of, okay. So I'm one of five children. I'm the middle okay. child of five kids. And so we are all like a broad spectrum of like beliefs and personality. Well, our similar or our personalities are all kind of similar. We're all kind of like very like ADD, like a little, we're, we're funny. Like I come mm -hmm. from a funny family, Yeah. but um, <laughs> because I'm the middle child, I, I think my family just doesn't, they know uh, to expect the unexpected with me. Mm -hmm. I think they kind of know, like joy just kind of does her own thing. Like, of course, joy's doing singing telegrams, like, you know, and I think like that's normal, right? That's normal. Like, yeah. you know, everyone, <laughs> my other brothers have just like normal jobs. And of course, like, this is what I, I think they, they have always known that I was not cut out for something normal. And I think for a while there was this expectation that I would settle for a normal job. And then over the years, they just kind of came to the realization that, nah, you know, I'm going to do my own thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I don't think they, <laughs> I don't want to say that they like don't have respect for me for that, but I think they just kind of have accepted that I'm just my own person. And, you, but, know. you know, that takes an incredible amount of bravery mm -hmm. and to go off and do what you think, you know, what's fun, what's not like a normal job. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine, I mean, there's a lot of challenges with starting your own business and, yeah, and girl. doing all those things like that, that is not like, um, I mean, it's it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot yeah, of grind. It's a like lot you're a singer songwriter. I know a lot of different singer songwriters, mm -hmm. and it's a grind every single day. It is. Well, you've yeah. got a lot to keep up. What's interesting is like if you're an artist, you're not just an artist. Like you are responsible, especially singing songwriting. Like you have to, you know, keep a like lyric sheets of your mm -hmm. songs. You have to register your stuff. You have to keep your stuff together. Like and right. even with these telegrams, I am a business owner. Like I right. have an LLC. Like I have to keep track of my things. Like I am not only the performance aspect of it. I'm also doing all the bookings. The I'm marketing. I am the marketing and, and I'm talking with people and I am customer service. But what's really cool about that. And I'm extremely grateful for all the different experiences I've had. I worked in, in um, a restaurant for like, or I've worked in restaurants for 10 years and I've been serving and bartending for 10 years. I've been a nanny. I worked in marketing. I've been a substitute teacher. I've been a camp counselor. I've been, I've been like a bunch of wow. different things. And so with that comes like a myriad of experience with all different types of people and knowing how to handle different situations that would be extremely stressful, especially mm -hmm. working in a restaurant, you know, to anticipate people's needs. Mm -hmm. And that's another positive thing I think came from being in a really intense religious environment where you kind of had to walk on eggshells is you learn to be extremely hypersensitive to everybody around you. Mm -hmm. And with that, I'm especially attuned to like what other people need, or if people are unhappy, if there's anything I could do to, to make that better, you know, are you on the Enneagram? Like a two, are you a helper? Uh, have you taken the Enneagram? I have taken the Enneagram. What do you think I am? I'm curious. Um, I know maybe a are. seven, like a visionary, mm -hmm, you, mm -hmm. but or a per there's one perfectionist. If you told me you're a perfectionist, mm -hmm. um, but 
maybe a nine, do you like, you don't like confrontation or do you, well, no, I don't know. You have to like you know confrontation. What's interesting? Yes. And no confrontation makes me extremely nervous. Okay. But a lot of times like healthy confrontation is necessary. And I think for someone like me who is nervous about confrontation, sometimes I tend to go overboard because it's just like, you don't know. It's hard to gauge like the proper level of confrontation. Mm -hmm. I'm either like really afraid of it or I go too far sometimes. Mm. So it's like, but I can see why you would see that because, you know, being the middle child, I was like the peacemaker. Level. Yeah. But I'm actually a four wing three. Four wing three. Mm -hmm. So four a pretty uh, four. Is that the loyal? Not the loyalist. The loyalist, I think, is uh, I don't know, five, like eight, maybe. Okay, so that's the top dog. That's five me. is like the intellectual, and four okay. is like the um, the visionary or like the artist or whatever. Seven is visionary. Is it okay? Yeah, it's four. I, I remember. It's okay. like um, I don't know. It's I don't know if it's not the loyalist. It's something I mm -mm. forget the four, but the three is the producer. So the three is the like three is achiever. Yeah, yeah, achiever, achiever or producer. Yeah, producer. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so like a salesperson typically is a three. Yeah. So yeah. I'm 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 the achiever. I'm the person okay. that always has to keep. What are, what are you? I'm a two. I'm a two, two. The helper. Mm -hmm. So like Mary Kay is a two. Um, right. Like I do the doing, mm -hmm. and I don't tell me that I can't make something happen because mm -hmm. I will bring molted lava down mm -hmm. on you, showing you how I'll get it done. Mm -hmm. But Anna, so that's the good part of mm -hmm. twos. But then like I'm also an eight. So the highest other one is an eight, which is top mm -hmm. dog. Yeah. So you met Andy. He's my fiance. Mm -hmm. So he's a two and an eight as well. So like oh, awesome. I was just telling this. Um, I think I was talking to my last podcast. We were talking about this mm -hmm. too. I think Aaron Kellum. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when the twos are together, they're like, oh, I'm your biggest cheerleader. Oh, let me help you do this. Yes. No, let me help you. You know, <laughs> and then the eights, like we both want to be the boss. And it's mm -hmm. like, don't you tell me what to do. I'm not telling you what to do. Like, are you the oldest in your me. family? No, I was the baby. You're the baby. Okay. Yeah. I was, I'm interested because I talked to a lot of women, especially Christian women who were, a lot of them got twos. And I think it's interesting mm. because like, I think that has a lot to do with the environment. Like we were raised in, especially like, because I got, I got called or I got told I had to get like a servant's heart mm -hmm. a lot. And, and being the eldest daughter in my family I, what's interesting is talking to a lot of other like uh, girls who were raised really religious. A lot of us got kind of put in that servant role against our will. And so when a lot of us took the Enneagram test and they actually made a disclaimer on the test, they were like, um, it, you know, for, for a lot of women, they tend to get twos. Um, and so you may need to retest and answer the questions differently because for some people and not all of them, some people are like just genuinely twos. Like my sister-in-law yeah. is definitely a two. Yeah. But for people like me, I assumed I was a two because I, that role had been placed on me so much as like the eldest daughter. Mm -hmm. And as you know, like I was expected to help and expected to just kind of be self-sacrificial constantly. Mm -hmm. And so I had to retake the test because the first time I got a two and then I was like, you know, I'm just going to answer honestly instead of answering like I like with test anxiety. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I have to have the right answer. <laughs> well, that's kind of like mm -hmm. I kept I took it once and then my boss, uh, he was the CEO and he's like, I go, I don't want to be a two. And he's like, well, you are a two. <laughs> Melissa, are a two you're absolutely a two. And I'm like, I think I'm going to take it again. He's mm -hmm. like, you can take it three or four times. But and I did two. wait like three years. I took it at 10. 
again. And I was like, nope, I want to. Then like, you're too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a people person mm -hmm. and, you know, I, yeah, I'm a doer. Mm -hmm. um, and that also, like, for me, like delegating, I had to really yeah. work on delegating, delegating and empowering others That's because a really, I'm a doer. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm like, oh, get out of the way. I can make this happen. Delegating's like, hard. Yes. Especially because I'm a lot like you in that, like, if I want it done right, I'm just going to do it myself. Well, you have to trust others. You do. And that's so yeah. hard. It's it is so hard. And like, I realized, like, I got a lot of pride, <laughs> you know, and that's something I have to, I had to realize about myself is like, you know, that's, that's a great thing. But like, if I am at that point where I'm refusing help from other people, because I feel like it makes me look bad. Or, or you feel weak, weak, maybe like, yes, you, like just about somehow if somebody weak. else is helping you, you're weak, but actually it's like empowering. Yeah. And like yes. for you is the, like the, the more successful you get, because you are literally going to be like a star. Like you, I feel like you're already a star. Oh and you. I feel like, um, you know, you're going to have, to, I'm giving you a little count. Uh, coaching here right now, but um, I do feel like you're going to have to trust others mm -hmm. and allow people to help you and like have someone yes. do your marketing because people don't really realize this. Like you're singing, you're doing all this, you've been, you're going viral, but like you're probably doing your own like marketing yes. and TikTok and Instagram. And that can be all consuming. Like mm -hmm. I did this first thing in the podcast. I'm like, I don't have time for all this. Like mm -hmm. I have to find somebody else to post all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I'll do the interviews, but like there's a lot that goes into just you know, the media part of yes. the social media, it could be all consuming. Yes. Yes. Definitely. You need to find you like a, like a co good college person, you know, mm -hmm. college student or right I out of college. live in a college town. Right. So yeah. I have it like the SEMO is like yeah. right close to where I live. But yeah, I think that is important is, is learning how to delegate. And that does take a certain amount of like humility and admitting like, yeah, I do need help, you know, and, and trusting other people. Mm -hmm. And that is a little difficult, especially if you've been burned a lot in the entertainment industry. Sure. It can be difficult, like, to find your tribe. Well, it's your reputation, too. And yes. so it's, like, hard to let go because mm -hmm. you want, you know, you want to be perceived a certain way. You mm -hmm. want, a, you know, your image to be portrayed a certain way. And mm -hmm. for to allow that, like, that's what Aaron Kellum said is, like, you know, I don't want people working around me that, that don't understand the why, like, mm -hmm. why are we doing something? And, mm -hmm. and that's really important, you know, is like, they're representing you, whether they're interacting with maybe like a client or something like else, they're mm -hmm. representing you. And mm -hmm. so if they're rude, or they're not being kind to someone, it's like a reflection of you. Right. So that right. is, I can see why that can be really tough whenever, oh, sure. like, kind of letting go, but you need to find your like your biggest fan out there. I think Maybe so. they could do. I've had, I've had offers for people to be like, hey, if you need me to like do some secretary work and because, yeah, answering messages and emails, I'm sure. How many phone, let's get to that. How many phone calls, emails and all that stuff do you get now that you've like gone viral? I would say per week, it's like 50. 50 a week? Mm -hmm. How do you manage that? Uh, like they're texting you and emailing yes. you and all this. So I, I got a Google number because somebody yeah. advised me to, and I was like, you know, that's a great idea. So yeah, between that, Instagram, Facebook, and just my regular email, yeah, I have about like 50 a week. So I have to set aside time every day to just answer emails and make bookings. And then, um, there's a lot of them. Like, are there creepers out there too? Like, or there's just like normal people. So there's been a couple, but most of them aren't like, and the ones that are like, I can, sense it usually pretty fast and I'm able to kind of gauge that quickly mm -hmm. and then they weed themselves out because okay. I keep it professional and I'm like okay well you know this is the information that I need and you know here is the payment information and so people who were just looking to kind of be weird or like try to get 
a lot of people have tried to get one for free, mm-hmm. but, you know, like, and so when I make it known that like, Hey, you know, even though this is entertainment and I, I do put forth like, um, an image of, uh, I guess, kindness and joy and happiness. This is still a business, right? This is still how I pay my bills. Yeah. This is how I eat. You, um, you, I think you have a, you keep saying like, I'm doing this, uh, so I can eat. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. You said that I think it's, your video. I think it's a, the reason I put that caption up there is I think it's extremely relatable for people my age who feel like uh, one career is not enough. And for a lot mm-hmm. of people, especially after the pandemic, when side hustles were a big thing and um, a lot of people weren't making enough from just one stream of income, I think it was kind of a way to reference that. And a lot of people have come to me and said that was the thing that got my attention was doing these so I don't starve. Even though, like, obviously, you know, I'm not <laughs> starving, but. Um, that's kind of it, the way I wanted the caption to come out and the, the people that I wanted to grab from that caption. Right. And I did get the attention of the people I wanted. And that's fun when it comes to editing is figuring out the different audiences you can grab with the tools presented to you, whether right. that be the caption that you put in your video or the hashtags that you put in your video or other little references that you sprinkle. And your there's a ton of tiny, tiny ways to get all different kinds of audiences involved in your content. Right. And that's been a fun thing to study. I've, I'm on TikTok like every day. I, I really? keep my finger on that pulty. Yes. Because it's, what are you looking at on TikTok? I'm looking at trends. I'm, I'm observing conversations people are having about pop culture and mm-hmm. media. Um, I'm, I'm just making sure to stay with the times and stay relevant. I am also looking for editing ideas and seeing what other people are doing, like the cameras they're using, um, the frame rates they're using. You just, you, you just see what other people are up to, right? you know, and you see what's doing well. And then you kind of pick and say, yeah, that'll work for me. Or that's not really my thing. And it's just, it's kind of an idea farm. You kind of, you, you learn from other people and um, you I've met some cool friends on the app as well. And um, yeah, it's, it's just a, it's a really great tool. And I think people are having important conversations on there that maybe other people try to filter mm-hmm. or aren't really happy that those conversations are happening. And I think that's the big reason that people want to put limitations on the app is people are talking about things that mm-hmm. maybe they shouldn't talk about. Right. And um, it's become a primary news source for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, and that's the scary part. Because, yeah. Right. They're just like little sound clips. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and that's why even when I think about like my podcast, like they were, mm-hmm. oh, only go eight to 10 minutes because that's the attention span of most people. Yeah. And I do understand that. And I understand the reels and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think there's a place for that. But then oh, yeah. like, Definitely. you know, Joe Rogan goes, you know, an hour to th- three, five hours. Yes. But I, and I've seen like Jordan Peterson talk mm-hmm. about there's the psychology behind having a longer um, podcast because yes. it's like a longer, deeper discussion. Like yes. you and I, if I got on here and I was like, oh, we have Joy Brooker and, you know, here and she does singing telegrams and they're like, oh, cool, you know, and she's been on America's Got Talent. But then like you and I are like talking about so many different things and they're like leading to different, mm-hmm. you know, all over the place. Right. And, you know, there might be these like really good nuggets that people get out of it. And I know there's like the editing, you know, like let's pull this little nugget mm-hmm. and put it in on TikTok and mm-hmm. everything. But I think that, you know, more like deeper, there is an audience for people who really want to have a more intellectual, Absolutely. deeper conversation. And, and listen to more right. in depth. It's, I think, um. I don't remember who exactly it was that uh, I think it was. Oh gosh, I for, I forget his name, but he's talking about long form versus uh, 
short form content mm -hmm. and how um, spaces like YouTube and Spotify is like where your long form content goes. And then if you're putting it on TikTok or Instagram, then you may put up a short clip, but that is not all that you have to offer. That is designed to pull people towards your long form stuff because right. they see a snippet of something they like and it makes them curious and they're like, oh, I wonder what else they talked about. Right. And then that takes them to your actual podcast channel or, you know, the longer version on YouTube. So it's not supposed to be like, it's not supposed to be what you give people, like the only thing you give them. It's just supposed to be a taste. Right. Little and teaser. A, like little teaser. And I think a lot of people make the mistake of they put the teasers out, but they don't put the long form stuff out. Right. And you have, you have to do both. Yeah. But it's just what whatever form is appropriate for that specific uh, social media. Set, yeah. You know. Platform. So how did you like you've learned a lot about social media? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can just tell by yeah. like you are literally living and breathing it every single day. Yes. Yeah. And you didn't, <laughs> did you go to school for this? Mm -mm. No. no, I went to school for music. Actually, I was going to be a music educator. I was going to be a high school chorus teacher. And then high I school chorus. I like Glee, isn't that great? Um, you could totally see it, right? I mean, one hundred percent. Look at my fun shirt. Yes. It's yeah, totally. I'm, I'm I'm definitely giving choir teacher right now. But I I just I remember um sitting in my first year classes and just everybody was going around the room, introduce. It was an exercise our teachers made us do, and they were like, "I want you to introduce yourself to your classroom and say, you know, I am Mrs. or Mr. So and So, and I will be your teacher this year." And it got around to me. And everybody else was doing it and they just had this like smile on their face. Like, wow, that felt right. That felt right. And then I said it and I just immediately was like, nope, mm -mm, mm -mm. this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel right. So I went to my instructor and I was like, hey, so sorry, but um, I'm going to change my major and I don't think I want to go here anymore. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and yeah. And, and cause I just knew it was like, you have that feeling where you're like, this ain't for me. Right. This ain't it. And, and um, no offense because like there is a lot of, amazing people and, and friends I still have from that school who went into music education mm -hmm. and they're good at it and they love it because they were made for that job right. and they just are, are naturally gifted at it but the, I just I wasn't one of those people and as a matter of fact it took me so long to figure out my niche and I that was one of a, the biggest areas of insecurity for me is feeling like I didn't have it figured out mm -hmm. I was like why is everyone else settling into these careers that seem perfect for them and they have found their respective places and I can't find where I belong anywhere I go and that made me just feel really bad about myself for mm. a really long time and I I went to a different school after that and then I did mass communication and then I did recording industry and wanted to major in commercial songwriting and then that didn't feel right so I moved to LA and I did stand-up comedy out there for like four or five years and so my you just stand-up comedy I did wow mm -hmm. yeah that's tough it was but let me tell you something that gave me a lot of inspiration for these telegrams because there is a certain guts like there, you have to be gutsy mm -hmm. you have to be willing to make mistakes you have to be willing to look stupid and bomb and that is a rite of passage for a lot of comedians if you're not willing to bomb like you're not ready mm -hmm. and i have a lot of respect for the craft and i have a lot of respect for people who are extremely dedicated to that craft and I didn't even do it very long. So I wouldn't even consider myself like a real comic, <laughs> not by my standards. And again, my standards are really high, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, no, I did it. I did it for a while. And I took from, I, I learned from the lady who taught Chelsea Handler and I was at the wow. comedy store. I performed there. I've performed a couple different places and I, I learned a lot. And um, so that was that I have picked up little tidbits from all of my failures mm -hmm. and from all the places I didn't really feel like I fit in. And 
I've applied them to these. And it's just funny to me how it's like, you know, for the longest time, I was so worried I would never find my niche. I was worried I would never find a career that made sense. And then I realized I have to make one. If you don't find, if you, if you don't have a niche, if you don't have a career that seems like your dream career, just make one. Right. Just take a couple little steps yeah, every day. Yeah, just take a couple little steps right. like, and then email the state of Missouri and say, I would like to form an LLC. Right. That's what I just it. did. I yeah. just, um, yeah, I just um, reached out to the state of Missouri as well. <laughs> yeah. Got an LLC. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, but like you do easy. little baby steps. Like yeah. we talked, we just talked about that a little bit ago, you uh-huh. know, where like, I was like, oh, I think I might want to start a podcast. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, I have a logo. Oh, I put up wallpaper. Oh, I have a podcast table. You know it, you're I'm like, like oh. I have a studio and I don't really have a podcast yeah. yet. So, then- but it is, it's about taking the little baby steps mm-hmm. and people think that they have to have this big, huge plan or whatever. Sometimes you just don't even know where it's going to go. That, right. That part is important. Yeah. And a lot of people will sit down and talk to me as if I had planned this all along. And they're like, so tell me about the mastermind idea. And I'm like, there's nothing to tell. Like I just did stuff, you know, like I just thought you have the courage to like, just take a chance. Yes. That's, that's, that's all is like yourself out there, right? Put yourself out there, like be willing to try stuff. And then before you know it, it turns into something like, right. but like you said, you're like, you know, I think I want to do this. And then before you know, it, you have a podcast studio and a podcast that right. I'm on right now. And it's yeah. just like, could you have anticipated this? Yeah, no. Could you have planned for it? No. And, and a lot of people like they think um, that you have to have a plan in place before you leap into action. And a lot of times the opposite is true. Right. So it's like you take the action first and then everything kind of materializes and comes together. And a lot of people are so afraid of the unknown. And that's right. a big problem for me too, is fear of the unknown. Me too. I, I need certainty. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a control thing. It's like, yeah. if, you, if you feel like we, you don't know what's going to happen, then you're, you don't have control over it. Right. right. So relinquishing control has been a big a big thing for me as in not needing to know the ending because, you know, I, I think that was what was holding me back before is I thought I'm going to be a music teacher and I'm going to be married by 23 and I'm right. going to have three kids and all this and a perfect, you know, cookie cutter life that I have designed for myself. It just doesn't work like that. Yeah. It, because it God does. had to do something different in mind for you. Right. Yeah. Precisely. I had a leadership coach that said, because I am kind of a control freak, mm-hmm. um, and a leadership coach said, Melissa, how? what if you went to dinner and you just said, you know what, just order for me? And I was like, uh, <laughs> Nightmare. no. Like, yeah, like, no, I'm not doing that. He's like, <laughs> yeah. just try it. Mm-hmm. So I did try it once. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and actually it was really great. I mean, I it felt, it was like a baby step of yeah. letting go. But like, I do want to know that, you know, I've got it all under control or mm-hmm. whatever. And I think sometimes you have to trust in God and that For what sure. he wants and what your plan is. Sure. Um, and that's really like what's scary about like why I'm, sometimes I'm sitting here thinking, why am I doing a podcast? And like, mm-hmm. what in the hell am mm-hmm. I doing? You know? Um, and then, you know, but then I'll just continue to pray about it and right. there'll be a, something else that'll show up like, oh, now they want you to be on this faith podcast. This network calls me, you know, but and I just said H E L L. So I won't yeah. this this podcast will not be on the faith podcast probably because I said that um, and I don't edit. So, um, you know, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's like, I love that you are like doing what you're passionate about, doing what's in your gut and mm-hmm. just you're like brave enough just to say, you know, if I mess up, I mess up, you know? Well, I think, I mean, and even going back to like um, God and like uh, plans for your life, I think the Bible is full of stories of little people who did little things and then with big results, like like Gideon, for example, you know, 
there was no fight. There was there was a breaking of of pots and pans and shouting and mm-hmm. boom, there was victory. With David, there was no huge fight. There was a tiny rock that hit a forehead, but it was perfectly placed. You know what I mean? It's, right. It's the tiny things that happen at the right time that put you where you need to be. And all you have to be is willing. Right. Like, and even, even the way Jesus came into the world, like there was no room in the inn. that, I mean, and, and then he was born in a thing of dirty hay. And it's like, that, that didn't go as planned at all. Right. <laughs> like, but that's, that's how cool stuff happens. It's when it doesn't go as planned, when things seem very minuscule and uneventful is when the really big stuff takes place. And so I have learned to cherish the tiny minuscule moments too, mm-hmm. because it's like, you never know when big things are happening. Like I just, des- I delivered a telegram last week in the middle of another meeting and, um, it was actually in Arnold, Missouri, and I went in there, didn't anticipate a full room, and <laughs> the guy, after I delivered the telegram to him, he texted his wife, and he said, just so you know, the president of the company was there, um, the DJ for the, one of the biggest radio shows in Missouri was there, and he talked about it the next day on his radio show, yeah. and I didn't even know he was going to be there. I just showed up and sang and left, and all these important people were at the table, mm-hmm. and it's like, you never know who's going to be at the table. That's right. And I had no clue. I was just showing up for another day at work. Right. Just like the Craig thing. It was just another day at work. It was just another delivery. And then boom. Right. That's what I think too. It's like networking is like that. You know, you just never know. You know, you think that maybe like, yeah, who Mm -hmm. knows who you're going to meet or how they're going to impact your life or how I might impact someone else's life. That's why I have to really think about like with the podcast. It's like, this isn't really about me. This is about how do I help? If I'm helping just one or two people, Mm -hmm. then, then it's worth it. And I have to keep reminding myself, you know, you have to keep your mind on the why, you know, why you're doing what you're doing. And I love, I love what you're doing. Like, I absolutely adore it. Like the, the fact that you are so passionate about giving people a platform and that you do root for the underdog. Like Thanks. that's so beautiful. Like you should be so proud of yourself because it's, yeah. you've created such a beautiful space and I feel so welcome here, you know? Well, I am just honored to have you on the yeah. show. Like I know when I reached out to you, I was like, I reached out to you like right before you went on America's Got Talent. Yes. And I was I like, hey, that. would you want to mm-hmm. be on podcast? You're like, yeah. And then I was like, the next week you're like posting that you're on America's Got Talent. I was like, oh my gosh, she's <laughs> such a big deal. Like she's going to be like, I'm just too busy for this podcast no, now. But Never. I was like, you're like, no, I'll be there. And mm-hmm. I was like, but do you want to drive? Like you're, this is like two hours and 15 minutes from yeah. your place. And you're like, yes, I, absolutely. I'm gonna an be opportunist. There. Absolutely. That's and great. yeah, because it, again, it's kind of what we were going back to is like, I say yes to more things than I say no to. Mm, that's yeah, really good advice. Because, yeah. You just, you just don't know. And it's like, right. I would rather live knowing, okay, I tried that and it didn't work than Okay, well, I didn't try that, and I'll never know if it worked right? or not. That's the thing. I did yeah. think about that. I was like, what if I never try? What if yeah. I never know whether it, you know, because mm-hmm. then, you, and as you get older, like, I'm probably way older than you, but, um, you know, <laughs> as you, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's some reasons for that, but, uh, but you know, Some like, I sit there and think, mm-hmm. like, you know, as you get older, you are, you know, it really, I know it's such a cliche, but it's like, life is so short mm-hmm. and you think of like, you know, it could be gone tomorrow. Like if you don't try or you don't do something, then, you know, it's, it's a waste. It's turning. Cause I'm, I'm 33 and it's like, I think there's a stage in your life that people don't really prepare you for when people around you start passing mm-hmm. and, and people 
that you, um, you know, family members or, or dear friends. And there's been a lot of grief, like in the past three or four years, you know, with, with just the change happening in our society. And I've, you know, I've, I've lost some people dear to me, like over the past couple of years. And it does make you, it makes you realize like you, <laughs> perfectionism like why like right. it's so it, it really is so short and i think that that is another thing that helped shift my perspective from being so afraid to to make mistakes mm-hmm. do the wrong thing mm-hmm. that i just didn't do anything at all yeah that's <laughs> and that happens with a lot of things whether yeah. it's business Paralysis. or whether, whatever yeah it's mm-hmm. like you know if you just ju- doing nothing mm-hmm. um you know because you think oh well if i mess up like what if i never did the first podcast then right. i would never have even known like i could have meet all these other people or help someone else along right. the way and an action is it's a such a tricky state your mind puts you in because you think you're keeping yourself safe when in reality, you are sabotaging your entire life right. by just sitting and doing nothing. Because, I mean, think about, like, it, it's crazy the loops that we put ourselves, the thinking loops, the stinking thinking loops that we put ourselves right. in where we're just sitting there thinking, what if I fail? Like, what if this sucks? Right. Like, what if I'm, what if one of one of, and it's like, what are you doing the yeah, whole that's time? That's the and enemy. You're sitting there. Yeah, right. it that is. That is literally the enemy it talking is. to you. Par- yeah. It's paralysis, yeah, from, from the enemy. And it's like, I... I did that for such a long time or just sat and I was so afraid. And the whole time I was just sitting, I wasn't moving. And that's, that's what happens is, is you think like, because your wheels are turning, you think you're doing stuff, yeah, but you're not doing anything. You're yeah. just thinking. And it's, and, and that's where your mind can trick you into think into exhaustion and, and assuming that you're doing a lot just because emotionally and psychologically you are right. But when you, you got to take action, when, yeah, when you yeah. take a step back and you realize, actually, I'm not doing anything. At right. all. I'm just sitting there being scared. And then and then that's when um, you kind of have to overhaul that like um, your own system and and reading a lot of books on um, psychology and kind of the way we trick ourselves into doing stuff has helped, too. I've had to trick myself into mm. into by small things, you know, like if there's a day where I don't feel like doing a thing, I'm like, OK, well, I'm just going to work out for five minutes. Right. And then um, five minutes, I, I start working out and I'm like, okay, I, I can go for different. another five. Yeah, I yeah. can go for another five. And then I go for another five. And before I know it, I've worked out for 30 minutes or like an hour. And it's like, oh, because I told myself five minutes. Mm-hmm. And um, th- I think that's, it can be so overwhelming to make those steps because <laughs> you're like, um, I, I go from doing nothing to like, I have to accomplish all this stuff. Right. And it's like, that's, you eat an elephant one bite at yep. a time. You just got to move mm-hmm. a little bit at a time. Talk Our pastor it. literally, like mm-hmm. this uh, sermon we had last Sunday was about uh, no one's following a parked car. And I thought Ooh. that was really resonating or no one's answering. What's the phone? The phone thing. It was like, um, I'll get back to that one, but it's good. But no one's following yeah. a parked car. That was the Ooh. and I that really um, sit well with me mm-hmm. because I was thinking that is so true. It's mm-hmm. like you've got to be moving. You got to be doing something. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and and I think also risking looking foolish, and um, that's that's another thing these telegrams have done for me is the fact that I look foolish to a lot of people while doing them, but they're they don't know the other opportunities that are happening because of it. Like, right. like even though I am being goofy, um, my other, as a serious musician, the other opportunities that are coming that are legitimate, like in, right. in the, the serious professional world have come about from me being goofy. Right. 
And well, let's talk about your serious career yeah, because you do have a real serious side. And I've got a picture <laughs> here. I'm going to show this is like a picture of you with these yellow sunglasses. You have different sunglasses, I do. red, yellow. I um, like my sunglasses. And this is by a keyboard. And it's a serious picture. Um, you also, here's another picture of you playing uh, your piano. So you're playing, you've got a really, uh, you have a beautiful voice, by the way. I Thank mean, you. it is incredible. And you're, you play so beautifully. Thanks. I still um, take lessons, actually. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I interviewed um, Kate Linder from Young and the Restless oh, wow. um, a couple weeks ago, mm -hmm. and she said that she still takes acting yes. lessons every single day. She's been on the Young yes. and the Restless for 40 years. The pros take lessons. Even the lady, her name um, is Jody Lingle, and she was um, on Broadway's Cats, and she does like a lot of uh, um, Broadway workshops and stuff, and mm -hmm. um, she's an excellent teacher, but I... I got a lesson with her and, and uh, she tells me, she was like, yeah, I, I still take voice lessons every week. Like, and that's something you never arrive. Like when you're a pro, you don't arrive. Mm -hmm. You can, you're always learning, yes. always growing. You are always learning. Yeah. And that's something like the pros will, will tell you is like, I never stop learning because mm -hmm. once, you, <laughs> once you stop, you're stagnant, like right. there's nowhere else to go. So yeah, I, I still take and even piano lessons too. Like I have so much more I want to do like, and, and I just, I, there's just too much possibility, you know, they're like, mm -hmm. why would I, why would I stand still when there's so much I could be doing, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the listeners need to hear you play sure. and sing. Sure. So are you going to play for us Absolutely. today? Can I move some of this stuff yeah, over here? I can. Let me switch to this mic. Sure. Would you like, um, here, let me, let me move all my stuff right here. So I have some original pieces. Okay. I could do, or if, unless, unless you want to hear a request, if you want to put in a request or. Oh my gosh. I don't even know what to request. I should have been thinking about that. How's the volume level on that? So Sounds good to me. song actually is um it's the the man i love that you actually met earlier yeah um i again was on my idea couch and i uh, was thinking of a love song to write and i had just watched star wars and so i was like you know what would be cute is like a, a love song with some like cute little star wars references and so i i made a love song and i called it um Skywalker with like a hyphen because you're on cloud nine, right? Right, right. So you're not walking on the. I like <laughs> it. <laughs> so that this is a I'm I'm putting it on Spotify actually here soon because people really like it and uh, uh so I'm gonna let you guys hear that on here. So it's called Skywalker. I'm not trying to be dramatic. I'm not trying to gain control. See, love can make me turn the panic Yeah, there's so much I don't know Boy, you give me crazy feelings Feel like I live in outer space When anybody asks about you I'm like, he got me Soaring up high, paragliding in your big blues Boy, you know how to put me in the best mood On cloud nine, so they call me Skywalker I'm a Skywalker da -da 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 -da. Got me reaching for the tissues Making me crazy, but I can't seem to quit you Got me crying like you said, I'm your father 
See that verse where it's like, a, got me crying because she said, I'm your father. There's that one part in Star Wars where Darth Vader goes, Luke, I am your father. And then he starts crying. I literally so never crazy. seen Star Wars, so oh I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm such a nerd. <laughs> anyway, verse two. My footprints all up on the ceiling. Kissy, kissy every night. No one wake me up, I'm dreaming. I think I found the love of my life It's not what either one expected I feel we're planted on the ground But the moment you and I connected I was like, I'm never coming down Soaring up high, paragliding in your big blues Boy, you know how to put me in the best mood I'm cloud nine, so they call me Skywalker Tissues making me crazy, but I can't seem to quit you. Got me crying like you said, I'm your father. I'm a skywalker. La, 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 la. La, 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 But I can't seem to quit you Got me crying like you said I'm your father Oh, I am a skywalker Awesome. I, love it. I loved it. Thank you. So I got to hear, I got to hear another one though. Ooh. So what is like, what's your favorite go-to when you're playing? <laughs> okay. I'm trying to think. Like an original song or a cover? How about a cover? Like what's, what's the most requested song that you get? Most requested song I get? Um, probably. Gosh, I'm trying to think. I could do that Alicia Keys one that I did earlier. Okay. Or I could do Black Velvet or whichever. Oh, both of those were really good. Okay, let's see. I'm going to do Alicia Keys because I get a lot of Alicia Keys. Was within and I've been 
so full of the superficial. That was so good. You are like so good. It's such your voice is such a gift. Thank you. Yeah, I hope you never doubt that for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> really though, because it means a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, what are you? What? Where do you want to go from here? Like, what are you trying to accomplish in your singing career? I think that I. No, I need to scoot on over here because I right. want to be able to see you too. Let me change mics. Awesome. Um. Okay. Here I am. Here I am. I think as far as my um, music career is concerned, I I want to write songs and I, I, I want to be I want to be an influence in the industry. I want to do production. I want to do songwriting. I, I want to have a couple of my songs like Sia, I guess, would be kind of the closest to, mm -hmm. you know, something like that or like Bonnie McKee or um, I I just want I want a hand in the industry. I kind of I, I want to be an idea person. I want to influence movies and, and music and I want my vision to be part of it. You know, mm -hmm. I just, I, I want to be in it. And I think when, as far as like everything that I want to do, the sky's the limit. I want to do all kinds of things. Oh. And even when I was at AGT and they had me on stage, they were like, um, what do you want to do? I was like, everything. 
I was like, I want to perform. I want to be in movies. I want to do music. I want to be in TV. And they just looked at me, you know, like, okay, pick a lane. But, yeah. you know, I don't want to pick a lane. <laughs> and I think that's okay. I think yeah. when you, like, kind of put your feelers out all uh -huh. over the place, you just never know where you're going to end up. Right, right. right? I want to keep, I'm going to keep my heart open, keep my mind open. And um, my, my hope is that by, and I've got really cool stuff coming up. I'm actually flying to Atlanta um, in a couple of days to record a track. And it's kind of on the wow. deal. Yeah, but like I said, other opportunities are arising from this. And so it's my hope that, you know, taking the opportunities that I'm given and making these baby steps lead to other opportunities and more yeah. opportunities and more and more. And I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm learning not to l put limitations on myself because the last time I did that, it didn't serve me at all. Right. So the less I can put limitations on myself and, and the more I can just say, who knows, I, I just want to do everything. Then I think, uh, I think that hopefully I will get the opportunities that I really, really want. Yeah. <laughs> Is it so surreal? Like, how does it feel? Like, you are famous. You're TikTok famous. <laughs> so weird. Do you, like, does that resonate with you? Do you really, do you know that? No. Not no? At all. Mm -mm. You're just, like, living in Cape Girardeau. Yeah. And, like, when you go into town, do people, are they like, oh, my gosh, yeah. you're on TikTok? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, like, I'll, I'll go, I'll be in the grocery store and people will come up to me and be like, I am I follow you on TikTok. I watch all your stuff. I can have a picture with you. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing is because, like, I do have the costume. I'm able to kind of, <laughs> something happened the other night where I, I was going out to dinner with a friend and somebody had ordered a telegram from me at the restaurant I went to. And I didn't know that until, cause they had emailed me and they'd emailed me like the day of, and unfortunately I already had plans. I was like, I'm so sorry, but I'm unavailable this evening because you know, I just made these plans in advance. So I, I got there and uh, <laughs> I'm friends with like a lot of the staff and they told me they were like the people who ordered a telegram from you tonight and said that you couldn't do it or like sitting in your dining area. <laughs> they were like, <laughs> they came up to us and were like, yeah, we ordered a telegram from that girl. And she said she was busy. And and they were like, we didn't tell them you're sitting right there because yeah. they didn't know because right. I wasn't in my costume. Yeah. And so that was kind of, I felt a little bad. I was like, oh shoot. But you know, I, I, I'm a person and I had right. made these plans and you know, it's for an important event. And so, yeah. but the cool thing is, is cause I didn't have my costume on, like they didn't know it was me. And I was just another person having dinner. So that, that's kind of nice is, yeah. is being able to put it is to turn it off and on, you know, right. and, and being like, you know, I'm in my normal people clothes. Like I'm, you know, it's not telegram time. Um, and so, but it is weird because yeah, I have had a lot of people come up to me or like, it's different going out at night too. Like if I'm not working a gig and I'm just going out with, you know, with Derek or, or something and it's like, people will come up to me and it is kind of hard to enjoy a night out because mm -hmm. people are asking me a million questions or like, how is AGT? Like, or, you know, how do you feel about this or that? And there are times I'm just like, you know, I, I kind of just want to like hang out. I don't really want to talk about any of that. Like, mm -hmm. and it's not because, you know, and I'm not trying to be rude or anything, but just especially because I'm doing it so much every day mm -hmm. and I'm always on, like I'm either putting on my best foot forward to answer people's emails and comments and stuff. And then, you know, being like super, um, obnoxious i guess during the yeah. telegrams and then at night it's like when i go out i just, just want to i just want to chill i just want to chill i just want to like talk about normal stuff and mm -hmm. they just be normal and so i think a lot of people um it's not that like they're doing it on purpose or anything they're just right. like really excited and yeah. like obviously i'm not gonna be rude you know but i think that that is something that i do kind of struggle with is lately i've been kind of a bit more reclusive and i don't go out as much mm -hmm. because i'm like I don't really want to talk to anybody about like IGT or telegrams or anything. It's well, like fun. everybody does like, there's a lot of like young people. I yeah. think they're like, Oh, I want to go viral or I want to be yeah. famous mm -hmm. is 
famous what you thought it was going to be? Yes. Because, and I say this because when I had been out in California, oh, this is a whole nother <laughs> topic, but when I went out to California the first time, I unfortunately got caught up in a very bad situation um, with uh, a Scientologist. Oh. And um, he had tried to recruit me into the church. Did not go well because I was just like, no, no. Um, and uh, not just that situation, but like there had just been some people that I ran into where it was like I kind of learned some things about the industry that opened my eyes. And I I interacted with a lot of like famous people, mm -hmm. you know, and because I had friends who were in that space or comedians who, you know, worked with other comedians right. who would get invited to parties and stuff like that. So it's like I, I kind of saw what it really is mm -hmm. and what fame is and how much of yourself you have to give up to achieve what what other people would say is a desirable amount of fame. Mm -hmm. And I've I've I pay attention. It's like I, I know I'm in the front a lot doing really entertaining stuff, but something I do kind of pride myself is I am an observer. Mm -hmm. I think more than that. So I sit back and I take in a lot of things before I kind of make a decision or decide if that's something I want to do. And something I've really observed about fame is how easy it is to lose yourself and how quickly things can go downhill mm -hmm. if you if you allow yourself to get caught up in it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And how and how delusional you can quickly become. And so that's something I promised myself from the get-go. I was like, I'm not gonna end up like that. Like, mm -hmm. because I've just watched too many people completely abandon the thing that made them awesome in the first place. Right. Because they let too many negative influences in their circle and they fell for a lot of garbage that's just like fake and uh, not true. And I don't want to become that. So mm -hmm. I um it was after that moment when I realized like how harshly I think I have to protect myself and that, it, and that I think comes with having a certain amount of humility mm -hmm. and um, I don't want to say a lack of awareness for like how big you are, but it's like, you know, I, I'm not going to sit and, and say like, oh yeah, like, I'm, I'm totally sick dog famous. <laughs> like, don't you know? Like, um, because it's just like, that's just, there's nothing in that for me. And mm -hmm. I think that that type of mindset can be very misleading because you just, you get too comfortable. You, you get a big head and then that's when you stop growing. Mm -hmm. And I don't, that's just not a thing I, I want to do. So I feel like I'm never, even if I like suddenly become really, really popular, like Taylor Swift level, I, I'm still not going to know it. Like, yeah. because I think that's, that's just a healthy place to be. Like, you never want to know like how big you are. Like, you never want to be like, don't you know who I am type right. person. Like, that's just, I think, you know, I've watched, even as the Bible says, like pride comes before the fall. And I think I've watched a lot of people just, very quickly because they got too comfortable mm -hmm. and um yeah no i don't i don't know i don't feel like i'm famous i don't really feel like i'm a big deal <laughs> so you know well i think you're amazing i think your Thank voice you. is amazing i think you're gonna have an awesome career and so i love that you're you've got this creative and fun side and then you also have a serious side mm -hmm. a serious music and i know that you're gonna be hugely successful Thank you. um i know that you're 
you know, you are still wanting to do these uh, singing telegrams, right? Yes. And people can book you. Yes. So you want to tell the listeners, like, how do they book you? Um, mm-hmm. Okay. And okay. And you're in all of your social media uh, platforms. So as well. um, you can find me on TikTok or Instagram or Facebook. I'm active on all three of those platforms. So if you just type in Joy Brooker, pretty easy to find. You should see the heart costume. Um, you can email me at joybrookermusic at gmail.com. You can direct message me on any of those apps. Sometimes it ends up in spam, so I'm working on that. And um, there is actually a post pin on my Facebook page. It's the frequently asked uh, questions. And so I have a business number in there as well that you can contact me. Um, I don't, do you want me to say my business number? Sure. You <laughs> can do whatever you want. 573-283-3844. And if you just text me or call me, then you know, it's me. I'll answer and you can book it that way. I travel currently within 150 miles of Cape. I was going to ask you, mm-hmm. so what's the range? You're 150 miles. If I'm driving, okay. 150 miles. I but also, if somebody's going to send you a big check, you'll you'll probably get on a plane. That's what I was going to yeah. say. If like, if, if you want to fly me somewhere, totally. Like yeah. I'll just charge you like, you know, a weekend rate or like a flat rate and you can just find me, um, you know, as long as I'm staying in like a decent hotel and, and you know, it's <laughs> no, not like you want Frontier the JW, JW Marriott. Okay. <laughs> so I think I need to be your, uh, your <laughs> you agent or something. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, she as did not mean that. clean and a three star rating at least. Five stars. Okay. Five, okay, five yeah. stars. Come right. on. You're right. She's right. She needs to be, <laughs> but yeah, I do. I can, if you want me to travel, like I absolutely will. Um, so yeah, that if you want to book me and, um, I'm getting more costumes and constantly developing these things. Uh, and it's, it's so fun. How many telegrams have you done? Oh my God. Virtual or in all person? of them? Like I will tell you virtually because I have a streak. I do virtual tele. Oh yeah, that's another thing. If I'm too far from you, you can also book a virtual telegram on the Cameo app. If you look me up, I'm on the Cameo app as well. Um, since January, virtually I've done 550, and in person, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I don't even. I would say since January, I've done well over a thousand telegrams. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! <laughs> yeah, like across the board, I'm like, yeah. no, yeah, I've done a lot. Yeah, I've done a lot. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm actually really proud of my my virtual rating because it's five stars consistently. That's like almost 200 ratings. So, like, that's incredible. Yeah, I'm stoked about that. What do you want to be known for, Joy? Good art. I want to be known for consistently good stuff, quality over quantity. That's what I want to be known for. Like if my name's behind it, it's good. Yeah. And mm-hmm. what you're doing, it's all good. It's awesome. It's not just good. It's great. That's that's more than I could ask for. Well, I appreciate you being on this podcast so much. This has been such a fun day Melissa, with I've you. I've had a blast. Like, I've had a blast so with you. talking to you. Like, yeah. you. You really, you, you have such a... Uh, you know, bright future. Thank I'm so you. excited for you. I can't wait to see what you do. And um, if there's anything that I can ever help do for do for you, Just please reach out. Just keep being your amazing self. You have such a wonderful story, a wonderful heart. You know, I love that your faith is leading you in, in these wonderful directions and that you just, I love your heart for people. And I love I love what you're doing. So just keep doing that and making people like me, giving people like me a platform and a. Well, I didn't need to give you a platform. You're already out there, but I, it's more, this has been more of a gift for me. Thank you so much. Thank you. And if you like what you're hearing, please make sure that you go and subscribe to my Facebook page and my YouTube page um, called uh, See the Unseen. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time. (laughs) 